I got a call one Thursday evening. It was from Blocker. It was like probably 10 p.m. And he's like, bro, you're going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? Welcome, welcome, everyone, to Africa Design Podcast, where designers share their stories. I'm Naitiemu. I was first mesmerized by album art from Fela Kuti's albums. If you listen to Fela, you realize each album art is a direct and artistic representation of what the music is about. I found out that Nigerian artist Lemmy was a genius behind album arts like No Bread, Yellow Fever, Beasts of No Nation, and so much more, which by themselves are strong sociopolitical statements and make his music even more powerful and timeless. Today, Jesse Itamere will take us through the creation process behind Nairobi Yetu album art. Nairobi Yetu album was a soundtrack behind Nairobi Design Week 2021 festival. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thank you for joining us, man. It's such a pleasure. You've traveled, you've studied abroad, and studied at SOAS and then came back to Kenya. So how has that, all that journey fitted together? Um, I've tried and tested, failed, done things, uh, studied law first and then moved into development studies. Um, I think all of that was, for me, I'm mainly driven a lot by curiosity. Um, so a lot of the work I do is mainly from place of passion, a place of, I guess, inner self and knowing where, what I want to do for myself and what type of work I want to do. Um, so after studying at SOAS, I moved back. I actually worked in London for a bit, doing legal compliance work, and that's why I was exposed to design, but mainly through product design and UX, UI design. Um, so that's kind of where like the, it sparked my interest and why I started off before eventually coming back home and actually doing graphic design as well. How do you go from studying law and development studies to becoming a designer? When I was working, um, mainly the type of work we are doing was kind of like product thinking and the processes behind products, how products work and mainly how they work for the user. Um, so from there, I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. I really want to explore this further. Um, so I started doing courses on UX design, eventually going to UI design as well. Um, and that's when I started working, when I came back home. But eventually, I wanted to see how I could use those skills to be to express myself a bit more creatively. Um, and that's when we started trying out with uh, graphic design, specifically collage type work as well. Um, and that's, yeah, I guess that's why I'm here as well. What about that development studies and law, both of those kind of as different skill sets yeah. to what designers might usually have, right? So how have those uh, impacted you positively? What have you gained from them? I think uh, from the law degree, mainly how to be thorough, um, detail-oriented, which I think are the skills you can cut across design as well. For development studies, mainly on the UX side is conscious design and designing for purpose, being able to know who your end users are uh, or your audience is as well. I feel like even for more aesthetic type designs, you still need to know what you're designing for, why you're designing for it as well. And I feel like those are things I was able to pick up through learning in those institutions and things that I'm still applying to today as well. Are there some projects that uh, you've applied this kind of knowledge directly that you could share? Or even one project? Yeah, I would say, um, I think even if you think about like Nairobi Eto as well, like the album art, it's, it's, it has a story. Um, we knew we were doing a project that would be consumed by the city. So being able to depict an image that's accurate, to depict an image that does it justice, I feel those are things that you, you would apply if you're doing a development project where you want it to be as organic as possible and fit for purpose and something that's as true to the location as, as it can be. So I feel like those are things I had to be conscious of when I was designing that as well. You mentioned that you did some UX and UI courses. And those yes. must have been beneficial. You're working at Africa now, right? 
and as a UX. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So right now, my day job is actually working as UX, uh, UX, UI designer at Decoder Africa. A lot of my work mainly involves, um, I guess, where we, if we're dealing with certain products, the thinking behind those products, the mapping behind those products, how they're working, user testing, and all of that. Um, and then on the UI side, sometimes I do dabble on. The, the look and feel of said products as well. If it's like websites, mobile apps, and etc. Um, so a lot of the works that I did from the courses are sort of coming back full circle. And human-centered design as well. That's something you you, you have an interest in, right? Yeah, yeah. So for human, it kind of goes back to the thing I was talking about before, where um, again, designing for purpose, uh, designing consciously. Um, I think that's what human-centered design is for, because design, at the end of the day, it's for humans. We're we're doing this to improve lives, to improve the way we do things. Um, so I think I do try and have that in mind, even when I'm doing pro- mainly product design or even when I'm doing graphic design as well. Are there some people who have influenced this approach? Um, yes, actually. So when I was when I just when I was working in London, I met a friend of mine who was doing product design. He was also a developer, but he focused mainly on aesthetics. So he'd be designing websites, layouts, and I just thought it was so cool. That was the first time I saw Sketch as a tool. And now seeing all the gradients and all the colors, and I was like, this is fun. I want to try that. So, so after that, so I, I spoke to him about it and how he got into it. Um, he was also self-taught um, outside of his, I guess, his coding degree. But then he, I guess, was able to just show me the different things I could look out for, what makes good design, um, how, what resources you can find as well. And then from there, I was just able to just go back home and just start learning by myself. What actually makes good design? That's a good question. I I feel like it depends. If we're talking for more creative type design, like graphic design, uh, I think that would be subjective to the person who's receiving or who's viewing that design. When you're talking more product design and more maybe on the tech side, if you look at a mobile app or a website, then good designer, there'll be certain things you'll be looking out for, how it feels, is it catering for all your users, is it catering for people who have disabilities and ETC, so there, there are different checklists that you can check there as well. How did you uh, develop your style then? My style? Your, yeah, it's very distinct, mm-hmm. right? It's a very distinct art style. So I first drawn towards more surreal collage type work. But I, I felt that sometimes the the compositions can be very striking, almost too striking. So when I was trying out with my own collages, I wanted them to be a bit more simple, something that you can just see and just everything is there for you. So kind of like even like with the Nairobi to album cover, it doesn't it doesn't need to do too much, but you can see there's a story behind each and every element that's selected in there. So I think for me, mainly the way the influences came were just from a lot of trial and error, um, seeing what's been done and how I could do it better. Oh, I could do it in my own way as well, I guess. Yeah. Really beautiful. What about pop culture? Because pop culture is pretty much the, the predominant thing here, right? For sure, for sure. Um, definitely pop culture. I think for me, I'm, I'm also a lot drawn towards a lot of the mainly throwback or vintage aesthetics. So a lot of my work will have elements of things that we had in the past that I've, I've sort of brought back to reinvent in a modern way. So like here yeah, you have the, the classic sportsman cover and things like that. So I feel like for me, pop culture is definitely central in the type of work I do. So that's where you see it gets a bit more funky in the expressions and in the way it's executed as well. Would you say this, you, you think about the target audience when you're creating this stuff? Because I can mm. relate, I feel like I can relate. But at the yeah. same time, I feel like also someone who's... Uh, like my mother could relate a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> What's your process like? That's a funny story. My mom saw this cover and she was like, what is that leaf on the side? <laughs> um, so that's funny. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, sometimes I do, not all the time. Uh, I think this, like I said, this one was more specific in terms of the message, uh, the music as well that's supposed to be delivered. And also sometimes you get briefs where the, the topic is so broad, like Nairobi is such a broad concept. Um, and it's not something that you could literally pin down in, into one thing. So I felt like, how can we do it in a way that we are expressing our perspective, but it's also a perspective that people can also vibe with, that people can also relate to as well. What was the process then of, of creating this? Um, <laughs> the process was long. Uh, I think it's probably the longest I've ever taken to create any of the pieces that I've done. It started mainly as conversations. Last year, I linked up with Blocker or Anam. Um, and he was telling me I'm working on an album and the album is supposed to be songs featuring artists across the city. We don't want it to be just one or two people. We want it to be as many artists as we can get. So a lot of it started mainly from those conversations, studio sessions that we would go for. Uh, then eventually at the top of this year, around January, he, he gave me a call and said, like, okay, I think now we're ready for the album art. But by this time I'd heard a few of the songs that he was working on. So I went, I met him and we sat down and he was basically explained to me the theme of the album and then he expounded on what he wants the artwork to depict through that theme. Um, and a lot of it was mainly through showing this dichotomy of the relationship between the roots of hip hop in New York and how it's trickled down to hip hop here in Nairobi as well. We had a chat with Blocker and this is what he shared. You can see from the top, it starts with also a New York set of theme because of course, this is where hip hop originated. Uh, from and you know using NY. NY is also a flip of New York. Instead of using NY New York, let's now you know any hats that that we see that's now Nairobi too. So we're also trying to bring this you know this new culture of yeah, hip hop started in New York, but this is now our turn to kind of define what Kenyan hip hop is and how Kenyan hip hop can sound. So yes, that's mainly from the story perspective. In terms of the design perspective, the process was mainly after I had the the calls and the chats with. Blocker, we then, I then went back home, did a lot of research, finding assets that we could use. He already had given me some ideas of what we could use already. So things from here, we're using online sources, we're using magazines, old newspapers, anything that we can find really. Um, and that usually takes about a week or two to come up with a good collection. And then you have another maybe few days of just cutting them out and bringing them together. And then you have now your final stretch of maybe five days of actually putting it together into a piece. But as, as we go through a different draft, you'll see how how many iterations we had to go through to get to this final piece. So all of this was done, cut out by hand from magazines and then scanned yeah. in. So some were not all, some were also digital as well. So we'd use like Photoshop or different tools on, on, on my laptop to do those. But there are also a few that you'd find from old magazines, which we just have to scan. Or you can just take a photo on your phone, if depending on what phone you have, and then cutting those, and then take a photo, then put it onto Photoshop, and then cut it on from there. So it depends. It depends on the, I can tell you for a few, but some, most of them were digital, but some also could have been from magazines as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It looks like maybe the sportsman one was a same. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it gives it a very natural feel. As if you're you're almost holding it in your hands. It's more analog, definitely. Even the, so, now the background as well has this mm. th this kind of scanned quality to it. Yeah. How how did you achieve that? Interesting. So I felt for this one, we played around with a lot of the contrast and effects. Usually, I think most of my finishes, I always look for something a bit dusty. Um, 
something that you could feel like I get inspiration from you know classic vinyl covers and how they look even when they're printed on plastic they still feel or still look a bit dusty so that's something we did here um again playing around with contrast different effects adding on overlays um to achieve this do you think about color when you're creating this and how how, how do you think about it yes and no um, for some, for some, for some projects, definitely uh, would have to do that. For this one, I wasn't too concerned with color straight straight away. I was more concerned with just getting the most accurate assets that we could find and the elements that we could get. Then, when you start reaching the final stages, when you're trying to put it together, then you start noticing, okay, we have color patterns here. Um, how can we build contrast between the different elements and what would make sense as well? In the beginning, not too much, but closer towards the end of the finished product, that's when color does come back. Did you have to recolor some? No, no, none, none had to be recolored. And what are some of these elements um, that you specifically picked for this uh, particular album cover? Yeah, I think like the, the sportsman is definitely one that um, I was very keen on putting on that. That one was actually a Newport before, then we, we found, we managed to get it to, to be more local, so we got a sportsman. Think about the process, which is yeah. help us through the process. Okay, cool. So this is the, after after the first meeting with the blocker, this was the first one that I came up with. So Nairobi A2 being, I think the influences again was New York. And he was just like, well, how can we play around with the New York Yankees logo? And I was like, yeah, we can add it, but really how? So again, this is just showing you that. So you have the New York logo, New York Yankees logo center, but then we put the flag, the Kenyan flag. So we kind of brought it back home. Um, and then the different elements that you see on the side are kind of like more 90s hip-hop rap elements that come into things that are very unique to Nairobi or to Kenya through the Kenya cane, the Bichua natural born there as well. So a lot of that happened with this one. This actually, I, I was very happy with this one. I was very surprised that this didn't fly, to be honest. <laughs> um, how do you make sure that, uh, the, for example, the, the New Yorker Yankee logo, how do you mm. make sure that it's different from the original one and, and avoid uh, clashing mm. with them? Copyright, yeah, exactly. I think that was, that was the, main, the main concern that we had. Uh, but I think when it comes to copyright, if you do change the way you use it, it can fly sometimes. Um, so I think for us, we wanted to see how come maybe if we add the Kenyan flag, would that be something that we could just adopt without having to get into too much trouble? At this point, we weren't too concerned with any of that, to be honest. It was mainly just trying to see where we can take these ideas before starting to think about the limits that we might have. And then moving on, so we've gone from an orange background one with a, with a kind of photograph of a landscape yeah. background and mm -hmm. uh, the New York Yankees logo in the middle. Orange at the bottom to blue at the top with a yeah. cloud in the middle. Yeah. So this was this was actually a test. I remember I did this very rapidly. Uh, I was just trying to see for a second idea what we could get. And I was just thinking in my mind, how can we build if we were to build a city that shows the theme, what would it look like? A lot of my work is when I do have gradients, I see it as something that can be in the sky. So something that's sort of a bit more dynamic, something that's moving. This was just now at the trial of the first, of the, of the second draft, I guess, in this sense. So we're trying to see what different elements could work together um, and seeing what else we could add. So this is very rough as well. I just wanted to know more about the just smile thing. 
they just uh, that's our bonkers yeah so shout out bonkers actually um they i don't know if you know their brand in nairobi they do a lot of cool 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 merch tie-dye and a lot of different prints as well um so again this is now just we were trying to see what makes nairobi nairobi what are the things that we feel are nairobi so we wanted to pay homage to some of these guys who are doing very interesting things in the scene so this is exactly why we put just smile there that's their logo and and this idea of you said you're building a city um, yeah as, as i look through the different artworks i think my team pointed out that it's kind of like levels of the city right so you go from the bottom exactly the level and then you go into the sky exactly so yeah you can look at it like that you can also look at it in the converse as well um mainly what we're trying to do because we the idea was the roots of hip-hop go back to new york 1980s etc what can we do to show that and how that could have influenced hip-hop culture in nairobi so we kind of have you see above the clouds you have a lot of the new york elements so uh, grandmaster flash biggie on top of the tram and then the lady liberty as well so those are the things that we are seeing as indicative or symbolic of new york hip-hop and then we kind of put in the cloud so it shows like okay this is a previous generation informing a current generation so as if you're spiritual and you pray you typically look to the sky so this is like kind of kind of that play around with that aspect there so when you come down you then come down to more more organic or more natural elements that are unique to Kenya so that you have the the matatu there on the side you have the just smile uh, you have tomboy at the statue just right in the middle as well in this city sort of composition you mentioned um new york hip hop yeah for some people that uh, we're talking about in this category uh, on the on the artwork no 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 on the hip hop oh in general so I, okay so from the artwork you'd see yeah, there's grandmaster flash who was one of the founding fathers of hip hop through mainly mixing so he's he's known for his techniques on scratching and doing all of that and then obviously yeah, biggie and then all the other new york rappers that you can think of uh, big l htc i think this idea was just we couldn't have everyone or too many people so we just chose favorites and we have like two different generations so you have your forefather through grandmaster flash and then you have more 90s hip hop through biggie and then yeah exactly i really like the sound system as a as the statue of liberty's base that's yeah cool. use of it what about have you got any american designers or international or even local designers to inspire your style local local actually a lot of the my peers from Akiba who is just wicked with the design i think for him why why i'm drawn towards Akiba is mainly because of his his play with colors how he also fuses traditional forms of art so through painting and digital as well in quite unique ways who else do we have i think my friend a good friend of mine called Chebet she's also a graphic designer she does more surreal compositions and very striking and focused on projecting an image of Africa that is very bold and again I think for me that's one thing I was also vibing with with her for is because she's presenting this image that we can celebrate that we can be proud of as well also well kind of go see after that uh Noldi Noldi is sick so Noldi mainly does a lot of uh, motion graphics uh, and illustration as well I think for for me just what what draws me towards him is be is the the animation factor and how he can present images in such a way that are a bit dynamic um and less static i feel like sometimes collage work can be a bit static but having things move 
for something that I really admire about that. So that's more local. Um, international, there's uh, Temi, Temi Proker, Kuka? I forget his, his last name. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he does a lot of work with different colors. I think I also vibe with him a lot. And a few others, there are actually quite many. But this off, off the top of my head is all I could think of. Mm. And has, has music been also something influential in your practice? Yes. So as you will see, like even on my on my Instagram, a lot of the the artwork that I've done is just paying homage to different artists, Saudi Soul or Sharpa or you know, or even like this one for Narabiatu. So a lot of it is is sort of born out of that and it follows music. Um, because music is just so rich. I feel like you hear certain things and they, they present pictures in your mind and this is how I present them based on what I'm hearing. Any any bits in here that you heard, or actually from the album, right? Are there any pieces that really influenced you from Nairobi Yetu? So by the time we were doing the album artwork, I think most of the songs were done. The the main song Nairobi Yetu, I think that's that's the big one. I would say I feel like that's the one that because you you kind of get with the the melodies, it it feels very New York, but then the drums and everything else make it kind of very African and very Kenyan as well. And then you have Guru Gang just coming up and spitting very raw hip hop. So I feel like that's that's kind of what was driving the designs. Well, how can we make this raw? How can we make this bold and striking in a way that's also just very simple as well. As well. So then what, so part of that, the next concept we're looking at has a dark background. So what you yeah from light to dark. Yeah. So again, so this now goes back to the sky concept where now, and I think when we go further down, we'll see is if we put, we're trying to show Africa, Kenya, from Kenya to the world type um, on the map or something that we're just trying to show the world what we've done, what we can do. So putting in the sky was kind of one of those elements. And I think having the dark background just makes the contrast a lot more striking. And we felt this is actually Anand's idea. He wanted us to play around with first seeing how it would look with that. And then once we did it, we said, okay, this is perfect. So when you go to the next drafts and you see the different NYs, it kind of fits into that. But then now we, we notice that the background sort of has this galaxy feel. And then we're like, okay, cool, we can still push the sky, sky concept a lot further. So then you have the sort of centerpiece as being part of the, the rest of the NYs, which can be seen as stars, which can be seen as other elements in hip hop as well. Oh, I love how this um, shape of Africa is, is not the exact shape, but you can still tell that that's Africa. Yeah, we didn't want it to be so rigid. Um, ideally, we just wanted to see how we can just have it as like okay if you see it and you know africa you definitely know this is an africa map in a very in a way that didn't have to be very hard lined with the borders that are sort of cut inside so i wanted it to flow a bit easier it's very interesting coming back to these <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's good to keep them it's not, yeah. yeah no definitely so then you removed the ny the yankees yes africa. yeah um, we thought it was, it felt a bit busy. I, I, I kind of liked it because the way I was seeing it was like with the with the different NYs, I thought that could really look cool. Like if it was a vinyl cover that is back to back and you have these NYs coming all over, I thought that'd be very cool and very 90s. But then it also felt like it was taking a bit away from what the artwork was supposed to do, which is to show you 
this composition and when we took it off we felt that now the African map was standing a lot more bolder on its own without the noise around it. I really like this touch of like the aeroplane just flying out of it. Just yeah. on the side there. <laughs> yeah. So then then what happened was you you have the almost final design. Yeah. A lot of the elements and the graphics and the, and even the sky. But now the yeah. changed shape from Africa to Kenya. Yes. Uh, we were done. Uh huh. When when after how long was this? Mm. When did you get? So at this point, when we were the Africa map, it was finished. Like we were ready. I think at this point, we're just focusing on just the last few bits for the songs, uh, mastering the songs, putting in the last few verses. It was finished. And I remember I'd sat on this maybe for almost a month, at this maybe three weeks. And and then I got a call one Thursday evening. It was from Blocker. It was like probably 10 p.m. He's like, bro, you're gonna hate me. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what now, man? And he's like, okay, I think the Ashmoth is cool, but uh, someone has suggested we can try something with uh, with Kenya. And to be fair, it crossed my mind. I felt like it's something we could have done as well. But then by this point, we had already done so many iterations. So I was like, either way, the branding is strong, it's consistent, and it tells a story that we needed to tell. But then he was like, oh, let's, let's just see how it works. And if it doesn't work, then we'll stick to the, the Africa map. So. That night, actually, I just went back and quickly did that. It did change a bit because now it meant the space at the top because Africa, the map is a wider than it is for the, our Kenya borders. So we had to kind of resize and shift things. But I think when you do see the Kenya one, we did find that it was closer to home. Here's what Blocker had to tell us about the creation process. We went through quite a few few edits from the original piece uh, to the end product, we probably went through nine or ten different, uh, you know, cover arts and what made sense. Even even in the, in the beginning, it was Africa as as the as the symbol, and we decided no, let's change it to Nairobi. So there's there's lots of different meanings also within the artwork that we really you know we had to talk about and choose specifically and see where does it fit, how does it flow with the whole theme. Um, you know, also moving to the background. The background is quite simple, where it's yeah, it's a galaxy, open space, uh, and yeah, we also just wanted to create that mystique, and you know, just yeah, something that would grab also the the, the central piece. Africa map is used everywhere. If you see logos, there's a lot. You'd always see an Africa map somewhere. So I think having the Kenyan one with us was just also just I think a lot more clear in the message, a lot more organic and closer to what we're trying to do as in if the, if the album is called Nairobiated then it should be a Kenyan map and it makes sense that it is a Kenyan map and if you see it on your Spotify and your Apple Music then for people who do not know what a Kenyan map looks like I think it'd be a good way to introduce them to that. It does feel a lot of a lot, a lot Kenyan you know because of also the elements used the yeah. statue, the matatus and all these little yeah. touches that feel so close to home. Wow. Yeah, yeah. By, by making the target market smaller, you've actually made it stronger. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But the target market for the album is the whole continent. It's, yes. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. Well, it's sending it across the world. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing. Mm. Uh, what, what could you say was the most challenging part of getting it together? The most challenging part is. I think figuring out when you're done, I feel like as a designer, you never really know, at least me speaking from my experience, 
um, when you set on designs on your own, you can you can work in it for three hours, you can work with it for three days, three weeks, and the you can get different outcomes. So I'd say for us, just figuring out when it was done, and also having the artwork follow the music, because the music wasn't entirely finished. So making sure that okay, as the music is developing, the artwork is still staying sort of true to what that to what is being spoken about, to what the the message is on on the album as well. Did you have to listen to the music over and over again for you to have this kind of motivation? Yeah, actually listening to the music made it easier. When I worked on the first draft, I was actually with with Block at the time and was sat on on his on his balcony and he was just playing the the album back to back to back and as he was playing it I'm hearing things, I'm hearing references in different verses in the choruses that are then showing, okay, look, these are the type of elements we can play around with, this is the type of things that we can go, this is the type of arrangement that we can have. So like, for example, listening to Irie and going back, it's sort of, it's, it's sort of like, it's very monotone, but then it has this weird raster feel. And then you have the Hail Selassie as on the corner of the, of, of, of the map there. So I think this small little details like that were definitely influenced by the music. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. The Pro Box is also one that I was excited about. Oh yeah, it's the Pro Box. <laughs> Typical Kenyan. Oh wow. Very Kenyan. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh man, you know, it's interesting how it feels relatable. You know? Did you start by making a list and then collage these things out or did you just go through magazines and just start typing on Google? So first, I started making a list. Um, I made a list first of the things that we could have, because um, I know I'm also had set ideas. Like, we could play around with the stereo, we could play around with this, a lot of cool. So as I'm listening, I just started listing down things that we can look out for. And then obviously, as you start going onto your searches, you then end up in different rabbit holes that take you diff- to different places um, and different things that you end up finding. But initially, I always have to try and start with a list so it can just inform that process so I don't get too deep in those rabbit holes. Was there anything you really kind of hoped would make it, but then you ended up switching it? Mm, I think, I feel like all the New York ones stayed. We had, did we have any that didn't make it? I wanted to have a bit more, I think in all of my artwork, I try and have natural elements. So if it's in the form of flowers or leaves or sorts of that, um, we had used a certain type of flower on the previous ones that didn't make it, then we switched it around for the, the matatu there on the left side. Other than that, I don't think there's one that didn't make it that I was not happy about. <laughs> you mentioned um, working uh, in, with Blocker, Blocker who's actually the producer of Nerobietu yes. album. Are there other people you worked with and how was the process um, working back to back? For the artwork, it was mainly the blocker was the point, of course. A lot of uh, the discussions we had were just between me and him. Um, but then when the, the artwork started taking shape, he was sharing it with uh, just close friends, so some of the homies, and then we're getting feedback from them as well. Not directly, but indirectly through the, those WhatsApp groups that were going say, oh, this is cool, this is cool, maybe you can try this. And that's, that's where the idea came from. So I think it was one of his cousins who had said, oh, why don't you guys play around with the, the Africa map as the body and how, how that would look. Yeah, mo- most of most of them uh, are really people I've known for for a long time. You know, some of them I went to high school with. Some of them, you know, I met through these hectic streets of Nairobi. Whether it's business wise, whether it's just you know meeting at the club. Um, so and and for me, I always say yeah, it was a really organic uh, a organic experience within the studio. 
And have you had any other collaborative projects before? And uh, do you look into collaboration as something as part of your craft? So no, this is actually the first one, and honestly, I love this. I think for for the longest time, I've I've worked more independently and done works alone, but I think. I feel I think this shaped a new I guess attitude I have in terms of the creative process. I feel like now creativity is very communal, and I think that's the sort of the message in the album that it's not just one person who's delivering their verse or the best verse. It's just a lot of different people bringing coming together from different experiences, different backgrounds, and making this beautiful thing. So I feel like for me, going forward, I definitely do want to do a lot more of these. Um, because if it was just me, I would have honestly just stopped at the, one of the first or the second drafts. So I feel like having having extra voices being part of the process just pushes it a lot further. Because when you work alone, you see things, and by the time you're maybe the third week into one design, you've already sort of set your mind on what the finished product looks like. But when you get a fresh perspective, fresh eyes to look at it, then they can start showing you things that you might not have seen before. So I feel like there's a lot of benefit with working collaboratively. Yeah, and you, you kind of said as well that this thing was finished as often as the case. And then right. uh, you sit on it for a few weeks and then another idea comes that may not necessarily take long in practice. Exactly. It's taken three weeks to process it and, and get there, right? You can't exactly. stop rush it. Yeah, I, I think that's something I've actually struggled with, I think. Um, because when I was being self-taught, I feel like there's a certain there's there's okay, there are two things. One thing is that you have you probably have a high taste of what design is or what good design looks like, but then your ability doesn't match that. But then just being able to tap into, I guess now other voices to to inform that process is what's what's quite strong. Because I feel like if it's just me again, like I said, in the third week I'd have been done, but maybe just having someone else look at it from a fresh perspective after a few, a few days then gives you something new that you can work with. So it's quite cool. I bet um, working on different projects also kind of opens up um, knowledge about different things. Um, yeah. About example, music or yeah. whatever projects you'll be working on. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can tell us about some of these other things then as well. Yeah, this was, uh, this was actually fairly when I was just really trying to refine my design aesthetic. Um, it was a celebration post for a good friend of mine. Her name is Stephanie Matu, also known as Panzigo. She's a photographer. Please check her out on all your socials. You will not regret it. Yeah, so I just wanted to do something for, it was her birthday at the time. So I wanted to give her a gift that was not something that could be thrown away, but something that could stay for, for some time. So, okay, what can we do? So I think here I wanted to show the things, the things that she's interested in and things that she likes, but then also put them in different locations. So like Fanta, having the Fanta bottle there, classic TV, and then you have um, the background, which is on the on the right side, it's the mountains in Cape Town. And then on the left side is a classic building in Mombasa. She 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 had lived in SA for a while and went for a trip in Cape Town one time. So I th those those two elements just coming together there. And then at the bottom right, having 
the 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 people dancing again just something that i know she enjoyed she enjoyed doing as well so um yeah so it's just trying to see how we can then show her interest i think that she likes through now art um and this is what came up actually enjoyed making this a lot and then the, the, you have the more religious elements uh because she's also i don't know i should be saying this she's also a bit spiritual as well so spiritually inclined and yeah so that's how those different elements came together a difference that you feel when working on uh, personal projects and uh, client work? Uh, there definitely is. I feel like client work, it depends. I f- with personal work, I I typically feel that it's easier to connect my soul to the work, my spirit to the work a lot easier. When it comes to client work, most of the time clients will have a specific direction that they want to take it, um, which, might not be, which may or may not be in line with what you have in mind. Um, so sometimes you do have to compromise, whereas for personal work, you have all the freedom to do what you want um, and how you want to express it really. So it's kind of boundless in that sense. So is your process any different than when you've got a brief that you have to fit inside and then when you've got, essentially you're creating art, I guess, right, in this side? Yeah. Is it different? I think it's still similar uh, fund- fundamentally in terms of the, how I go about coming up with an idea. So even if it's personal, you still come up with a brief in your mind of what you, you're trying to achieve. Uh, with the clients, it really depends. Sometimes clients will just give you creative freedom. So then my process won't have to change at all. I'll just adopt what I've been doing. Um, but sometimes they say they'll, they'll want something very specific. And to achieve that specificity, then you need to sort of change uh, maybe how you go about it. So maybe specifically looking for assets that or elements that are reflective of that vision rather than just like let it free flow freely on its own if that makes sense sorry it does has has your experience working with like clients and then working on your own personal projects have they influenced each other in a way working on client projects and and working on your own personal projects are there some Mm -hmm. elements that have kind of cross-linked in this kind of in this journey for sure for sure Mm, i think because sometimes when you work with clients also you find that some of the clients that will approach that, that would, or that do approach me are in the creative spaces or are looking specifically looking for something funky um so then through that research process when we're finding assets we'll do i'll, I'll, I'll typically find things that i know i could potentially use in a different project so they're interlinked in that sense i would say so and then we, we have a one of shopper man ben shopper yeah yeah this is like there's actually no story. I remember just waking up, um, and this was around just before he dropped his EP. Was that last year? I think it was last year. So I remember just I was listening to some of Kamula's old songs, and then I was like, "Okay, this is actually quite cool. Let me just do something." Because at this point, I was really just trying to get really good at the at my work and the collages, but I wanted to try something a bit more simple. So this is actually a very quick flash design. So I got one of his photos and then sort of put him on there. I felt like this was more reflective of like an African Fresh Prince, which was his which was his sort of theme before he moved to Shapa. And then just having the classic bands on the side and then the Ankara material coming on the right side and then the different classic elements. So you have like Camel, which again goes back to what I was saying. I always try and throw it back to pop culture reference. Um, and then the different sort of emblems that say big boss and price tags as well so it's very quick it's very rapid and there's not a deep story behind this one beautiful how how have you you then it seems like that Nairobi yet to cover being such a big piece of so many things seems like a culmination of all this stuff you've picked up yeah 
So, so what's changed since the first ones you did, and how is uh, besides being like a development and a, and a culmination, how has your craft changed in that time? I think uh, now I feel a lot more comfortable in, in in myself in what I'm trying to do and in the in the way I express my artwork. Um, so I feel like now there's a lot more intention. Whereas before, maybe I could just be listening to something, I hear a certain bar, and then it's it inspires me to do something based on that. Whereas now I can actually go out looking for that inspiration um, and then coming back with a clear brief for myself that I can work on. So I would say the way it's changed is being more intentional. And I feel like also just the art that I'm, I'm trying to make now, I'm trying to sort of make a bit more dynamic, um, more fluid. So if adding a bit of motion somewhere or just putting certain elements a certain way, like for this one, having the train coming out um, the back, it kind of has this movement element to it. So I think over time, that's something I've been able to, or at least I've been trying to do uh, in the work. How do you ensure that all these graphic elements that are coming in at like different resolutions? Oh, yeah. How do you ensure that they have this consistent vibe to them? Yeah, that, that's usually where, where it comes in. So the way it works is that I'll, after I've collected everything, um, then I'll spend time just looking through the different elements and the assets that we've collected. And from there, then you start to see how, how you can play around with different, different, I guess, textures mainly. Because most of the time when I go for, for an asset, I look for a texture. Um, again, something that's a bit more dusty, like so you see with the train here, it feels very vintagey, very uh, 1960s adverts, and then everything sort of follows from that as well. So I think it's just maintaining consistency is just through the now, I guess, that process of cutting down what you want to put in or cutting out the elements and seeing what works together and what doesn't work um, and play around with them. But it's, it's a constantly, continually iterative process sure. that it, it literally doesn't stop. But yeah. And have you shared this uh, with Saudi Soul because they need I did. Honestly, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to design an album for them. Uh, we shared them. I think I've done Right? I think I've done so many Sound Soul. I think there's this one also in the Art Cafe one I had Sound Soul on there. Um, but maybe one day I'm putting out there, one day I'll do a Sound Soul, even if it's for Soul Generation. So if if one of the Naviri guys are listening, I got you. Yeah. I think a lot of my work is that. Have I printed mm. my work? This one? No, not this one specifically. Any but your, work. your works. The first one to actually to be on print was the Narubieto, which was actually interesting to see. Um, so we had that on posters and we also had that on merch. Um, hoodies, t-shirts, masks, and yeah, that was it. So that was the first one I printed actually. But then also for some client work, I do print them and I'll print those on canvas, but nothing specifically for myself really. What are you working on right now and what are your plans for the year? A lot of, I think a lot, a lot of album artwork right now. I'm working with a few of my close friends who have projects coming out soon. Also working with just small startups and companies across Nairobi who want to, I, for some reason, I feel like since the album, everyone wants something that's depicting Nairobi through their eyes. So expect expect a lot of different perspectives on Nairobi. And then personally, I'm also working on developing my own merch line and see how that will work. Hopefully at some point, maybe this year. All while doing UI, UX work as well. All I do, all of that. <laughs> is, there a particular, is there a specific uh, skill that you don't have right now that you would like to learn? Yeah, things that move. Anything that moves, I'm really trying to get better at. Uh, motion graphics is, I feel like they just add so much more to 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 put to art pieces, to collages specifically as well. So if I 
if I can just do a bit more of that, I feel like that will really take my work to the next level. Yeah, well, we've seen, a, um, we've started doing a lot of animations also. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Once in a while, I'll dabble in illustrations um, here and there. Uh, so just to see, just to see what how that's like. And also, I think with the illustrations, you do, you play around with color in, in a different way. You have to be a bit more intentional. So that's also fun to do. Awesome. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, man. We're gonna uh, we're gonna play some Nairobi here too. You can hey. uh, let people know where they should find you. Yeah. So if you're looking for me, that's Jesse Itemere. That's J E S E I T E M E R E. That's on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm not active on Twitter, but you can definitely find me on IG. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Amazing. Thank Thanks, you. Nighty. Thank you, Adrian. I really enjoyed this. It's been a pleasure, man. And we've got another comment here. Thanks, for, uh, Felix Awaga, for tuning in. Uh, mm. This is inspiring for someone who is self-taught, self-learned. So definitely, man. Like, and that's create right now. As I play this, yeah. Um, right now, really, we have uh, access to every all the tools we need. Right. Exactly. So there's been talk of this second renaissance, right? And if we we really can create anything, because someone who's uh, using tools at home can create things that are making as much of an impact as someone with really a a whole studio, right? Precisely, precisely. I feel like also like COVID, as much as it's affected people's livelihood and how they earn, in a way, if, if if you have access to just a computer and you're at home, it's giving you time and it's it sort of paused everything. Like it's put the world on pause for you so you can actually start learning now and catch up if you feel like you're left behind. Um, but I think it's just the best time to start learning and start doing. The best time is now. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect way to close this, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers, man. Bye. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, everyone should check this out. It's fire. It has... A lot of musicians and shout out to all the musicians who've been involved Guru Gang, Shapaman, um, Vinos, and Mawingo. Everyone, be, be accurate. There's so many. Thank you so much for your amazing work. We'll continue playing it and continue jamming.